Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to a special edition of Parenting Your Challenging Child. Dr. Ross Green here, uh, joined by, I believe, uh, one of our parents from the B team, Jennifer. Jennifer, is that you there? That's me. (laughs) And Stella, um, another parent from the B team. Um, Stella, welcome. Stella, are you there? (laughs) There's Stella. Um, We decided to do this special edition because this is a special time, some say unprecedented, Um, and there are lots of folks who are with their kids a whole lot more than they are accustomed to, and in very scary times, uh, there are folks who've lost their jobs, there are folks whose jobs are insecure, Uh, this is scary, and so We thought that the least we could do is host a special edition of Parenting Your Challenging Child so that you can vent if you want to. You can tell us uh, what your challenges are. You can tell us how you are, if you want to, successfully navigating those challenges. Um, We can talk about lots of things. We've booked the program for 90 minutes. We don't have to go that long, as long as you all keep calling in or we keep having something to say, we'll keep going. But um, there you have it. Stella Stella or Jennifer, any beginning words that you'd like to start with uh, here in these very trying times? I can just say that Plan C is our best friend these days. (laughs) (laughs) It really, really is. And for the You're unfamiliar, yeah, Plan C is where you are deciding that a particular expectation, or perhaps many of them, just are not a very high priority right now. <laughs> um, this probably isn't the ideal time. That's, I think that's code for saying this is probably not the ideal time to um, put an enormous amount of effort into setting limits on things you've had difficulty setting limits on for a really long time. Um, Stressful times are not the ideal time to do that. Um, We've also been joined by Kim, our Director of Outreach. Kim, welcome. Hi, thank you so much. You bet. And so, yes, Plan C is going to be big these days. Um, Plan B is going to be big these days. I don't know how big plan A is going to be these days. Probably not so big. Uh, We have two callers already, by the way, but let's see if Stella has anything she'd like to start with and Kim, and then we will turn our attention to the phone calls. Stella, any pearls here in the beginning? (laughs) Hmm. I think not. I have something. If we if we lost Stella, um, and I apologize for missing the first couple of minutes, as <laughs> uh, oh, I know why we don't have Stella. Very unpredictable. 
Hold on. Hello. Keep, keep going. <laughs> There's Stella. Stella, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't highlight your mic. That was my bad. Stella, you're on the hook okay. now for pearls of wisdom. Kim, then you're, you're next. <laughs> I was just saying um, to myself, I guess, so it's worth repeating. Um, Plan A is probably going to be big, but it's certainly going to be destructive. Um, And uh, in order to keep the peace and balance, I think starting with Plan C and lots of proactive time to plan, Plan B conversations um, going forward here, um, it's, it's going to be really necessary in order to keep the peace um, all around in a household, I think. And also as these video conferences get more and more intense with colleagues. <laughs> so that's my pearl. Thank you. Kim, go ahead. A um, couple of things I noticed both in my own home, but lots on the B team is about having new expectations because of distance learning and other things and people sort of working hard to sort through uh, what's reasonable. And, um, and I, I think that that's a really, really good thing to do because, um, you know, I myself started out with lots of expectations of what would happen during the course of a week and have needed to back off of lots of it and just being okay with that. And, you know, also, sorry for being late, but, my just knowing that my schedule is super unpredictable now and being okay with that. <laughs> there you go. Not 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 a great time for being rigid. Not that there is any great time for being rigid, except when it comes <laughs> to social distancing and keeping your fingers out of your face and washing your hands. Let's go to our first caller, area code five one six, calling in from the absolute epicenter of coronavirus here in the United States. Are you with us, area code 516? I'm not sure there. Uh, That one's not responding to my clicks. Maybe area code 516 will call back in. Area code 773, you are on the air. What's on your mind today? Oh, is this me? <laughs> I didn't realize if you are I was area be coach. able to interact. Somebody said to me, I am if you, 773. If you want to. If you want um, to. You, I really the, wanted to The call listen. in is if you want to interact. Otherwise, you can listen uh, through other means. I wasn't able to uh, get it through other means. Is it okay if I just hang out and listen? <laughs> it, would, it would normally be okay, except that we are going to be short of phone lines. Oh, geez. And okay. So, I can hang up. In the, in the email that you got, though, um, there should be mm-hmm. a place where you can click on the link and listen to the program live. Hmm. Okay. I'll try that. Check that out. You bet. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Bye. It's, it's on the Live from the Balance website, too, under the outreach section in where it says podcasts. There's a link in there, too. Yes. Okay, let's try another one. Area code 312. You are now on uh, with us, calling from another area that's been pretty hard hit, Chicago. Go ahead, area code 312. Hi, can you hear me? We can. So what's, you know, we've just finished spring break, 
and we're about to start distance learning and just what the expectations are for these kids that never want to do work at home and only do work at school under strict requirements and how how to best approach this when you're getting the I'm not doing anything never attitude <laughs> if you guys have any guidance on that it would be really helpful well what you have there is an expectation the difficult part is that you are now on the hook for um, trying to make sure that that expectation gets met and um, previously I assume teachers have been doing that has the child who is refusing to meet that expectation, is this a new thing or is this not so unusual, though it's normally at school? Not unusual at all because no work is done at home ever and everything is handled at school and that's, that's how it's set up to break down the confrontation at home. And so we've had that in place for a long time, which has been super easing of all of us just to have it dealt with at school only. So, Got it. Yeah. Tough setup. So by design, uh, the expectation of completing work at home uh, has been, been Plan C removed. Um, and now there's the expectation that the work be completed at home. Yes? Exactly. Exactly. And this is a child who doesn't want to do anything, barely comes out of the room as it is. I said they've been planning for social distancing for two years and for quarantine already for two years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it, there's very little I can get them to do or engage in already. So it's very, you know, I just see this already on two weeks of being a very solitary, increasing depression, increasing, increasingly because there's just no place to go that they enjoy um, so there's no, you know, and to that point, there's things that can motivate him normally, which I can't give him, can spend a lot of money because we have work limitations and businesses are going down, can't take him for the usual things that give him joy. Um, so rewards are not going to cut it for you. Another question. Exactly. It, it, sound, it sounds like, uh, and by the way, you wouldn't get a big dose of rewards on this program anyway, so that's not a huge No, loss. I agree, but things that, <laughs> not even just more things that he enjoys to do as, as, you know, you do a little work and then we work on something fun, not necessarily like big rewards, but just more things that are enjoyable. <laughs> yes. And is that how they're getting him to work at school? No, and he's actually at a therapeutic day school, so they have the right techniques mm-hmm. that they use that you guys, based on your methods, so they're more Got skilled it. at that. And they, they will probably are willing to participate. I've said, look, we can talk, we can work with them, and it's just flat-out refusal, just the idea of it. Well, it does sound like it wouldn't be a bad idea if they'll respond in these trying times to you seeking out the folks at school who've been successful in getting your son to complete work, just to make sure that you're as in the know as you could be and you're not what we might call flying blind here. Um, This is not only a new expectation at home for your son, it's a new expectation at home for you. Um, And this is not going to go perfectly, and yet. So first of all, some input from the folks at school, it seems to me, would be very helpful. But secondly, 
uh, it sounds like we're going to have to pull Plan B out of the toolbox because yep. if you try to use Plan A, it's mm, as it often does, going to get ugly. Doesn't sound like Plan C is going to be an option. Certainly not on everything. Although you'd have to consult with the folks at school about whether Plan C is an option for some things, and for the rest, it's going to be Plan B. But it does sound like it would be good for you to be as educated as possible about what they are, how they're going about doing this at school. Sounds like you have a general sense that they are using this model. But the feeling I get based on what you're saying is that it's not something you've had a ton of experience with at home. Is that fair? I mean, to some extent, I've tried to incorporate some of the things that you've educated us on. And, but to the, to the, for the schooling itself, we've deferred that to the school just to make the home life better for right now. Got it. Interesting setup for you. Um, just because, the, once again, this unsolved problem has now been thrust upon you. It's good that you have some experience using Plan B. That's going to serve you well. But the first folks who I'd probably talk to are the folks at school. Just to make sure you are got the lay of the land, you're as in the know as you possibly could be, because not only has it been thrust upon you, but it hasn't been your area, right? This is not... right. Right. something you've been in a position to solve problems with your son about before. And so although right. you're we not a plan B novice. pretty much sent him to this school because of school refusal. That was literally why right. we, <laughs> Got that's it. the main reason for going to a different school that has more tools than we do at home. And what this tells us is that, that we haven't quite issue yet. Um, so plan B is going to play a major role. And if you've been using it previously, then it's going to be applied to specific academic tasks that your son is having difficulty participating in through distance learning. Um, but step number one, it feels to me, we'll see what the rest of our folks on the call think. Step number one, let's talk to the folks at school. Let's find out what our top priorities are. Let's find out how they've been handling things. Let's find out if they've got any magic that they might, you might be able to sprinkle too. That's probably where I'd start before you start doing plan B. But let's see if Kim, Stella, and Jennifer have other pearls. Thank you. I would also <laughs> say um, get organized because it sounds like there might be many different separate unsolved problems. Yeah. And so when um, Dr. Green says, you know, find out the priorities from school, you know, they might tell you six priorities. And so, um, you know, be organized about that and, uh, you know, maybe only look at one at a time, right? And then I would say check in with yourself about your, your concerns. So if, you know, one of the priorities is difficulty doing the um, ABC math, you know, for 10 minutes, right, what, what would worry you about that not getting done? Just to make sure you're very clear about what your concerns are. Um, yeah, so those, that, that's what I would say. Okay. You know, as Kim was talking, it also occurs to me, is it possible that the school would say to you, we really don't think he's ready to do this distance learning stuff. It's, you know, it's been thrust mm -hmm. upon us. Mm -hmm. But um, is this a realistic expectation? for us to have for I think, your son. 
I think that's very fair given the kind of school he's in and that they already modify expectations for the kids there. Uh, so I think that's very fair. We have, you know, it's been interesting because they had a week off with nothing, then spring break, and then whatever is TBD, right? So I think they're struggling with how to do this for these type of kids anyways. Yes. There's been no communication yep. yet. So, and to, to everybody's point, it's not like I think like he's going to learn and it's more just something for him to do in my I want yeah. him sitting in his room with no structure on his iPad, refusing to do his Lego, refusing to do other things that give him joy. He started, you know, little bits in here, but for the most part, he's holed up in his room, kind of saying, I don't want to go outside. I don't want to do anything. So I was just hoping the school would give him, to your point, a little bit of structure and expectation of, yes, whether it's 30 minutes a day, I'm not talking about six hours, but just something to give him a purpose and a goal and an interaction I was hoping the school would do some maybe Zoom learning or something where he had the chance to interact with other kids, but I don't know yet if they're willing to do that. And I'm just throwing it out there. Um, you know, if somebody said to me, Ross, uh, the best way for you to pass the time until you don't have to do the social distancing thing anymore is to do 200 sit-ups a day because we really want to make <laughs> sure that you're doing something um, productive. Um, I would say, I'm not doing it. And so I appreciate the desire to have him doing something. But I'm also listening closely to what your scenario was previously. And I'm just wondering if the school would say to you, yeah, we think that's a good way for him to stay busy. And I, and I totally get it. A lot of parents these days are watching their kids um, spending a lot of time on their screen because that's what their kids do during downtime, and that's also a major way in which kids interact with each other these days. But I think it's a good conversation to have with the school. Is this a realistic expectation? I get it for why you think it's a good idea. I just don't want things to go downhill fast in your household over an expectation that actually might not be all that realistic, hard as it is, to watch him doing nothing in his room. Agreed. Because he's actually been pretty okay otherwise. No outbursts, no, you know, all the other things that you worry about when they're put under stress. So living all together has been pleasurable to the extent that it can. And that's exactly to the point is I don't want to introduce something that's going to add all this stress for everybody um, if it's not really going to be doable in the long run for us anyways, to your point. That's right. You know that sounds quite a bit. Go ahead. Sorry, Stella, go ahead. Sorry, Dr. Green. This is Stella. I wanted, I wanted to just interject. I'm really happy to hear you say that, that um, the situation thus far at home has been pleasurable. Um, that's, that's, a big, that's a big green flag for me, and I, I love it that you are proactively thinking about the stress that might introduce some havoc to your peace at home with adding the distance learning stuff. Um, I wonder if um, what, what activities he's doing on his iPad, you know, whether he's doing Minecraft or um, whichever app he's interacting with, um, what aspects of those activities um, you could highlight uh, for him as his creative outlet or, you know, some, I know my son, when he was really um, interested in Minecraft, um, and just for a little bit of context, 
um, I have a son that is currently at a therapeutic boarding school out of state. Um, we have to pull him out of public school. We did virtual learning for a year. He did zero learning the next year, um, and we, we had our, a, a big, big situation that led us um, down this path. Now he's thriving. Um, but when he was um, on the cusp of not doing any schoolwork, even when he was still at school, Minecraft was his go-to. And what I started realizing when I looked at what he was doing on Minecraft, he was creating Minecraft worlds with world flags. Um, and I, I just jumped all over that and said, see, you're doing geography. Let's talk about the next country that you're doing. And um, we spun that off and found, found him being really interested um, through screen time. So, um, no, that's, I, would, I appreciate I would, that. Yeah. yeah. I would no, he's doing like Roblox, about- Minecraft, similar, right, similar building Similar. I've tried to get him, for example, like Lego Ideas has a competition right now where you could build anything related to music and you have to be 13, which is his age, and it's the first time he's eligible. So use this time. This is a great opportunity for you to build. I mean, to me, that's education, building rules, you know, without telling him it's looking at all these things. And he started for like five minutes. And I was like, eh, another time. I'm like, yeah. what are you going to have 30 days to do this another time? <laughs> so just trying to find creative outlets that are just not his computer and his screen and forcing him to get out of his room a little bit. It's just been really trying in that way. And the few times he has come out, he's been okay, but then starts bugging his brother, looking for attention. It's not terrible, but to your point, yes, like there are outlets that he's using. Um, awesome. Agree. Okay. I also want to make an important point, Stella, your son is now thriving, but he also went through a period during which he was not even close to thriving and getting oh, no. uh, almost yeah. no work done. Zero and so work you for have, a year. Right, right, for a year. And so you have the benefit of being able to look in the rearview mirror and say, yep, it was freaking us out when he was doing no work or, or whatever. We are very concerned, and yet he's made a comeback. Um, the coronavirus will end um, at some point, hopefully sooner than later. Um, your son will be able to go back to school again. I'm talking to our caller now. And things will be back on track. And it's important to maintain that perspective, um, that things at some point will get back to the way they were. Do you want to sacrifice family harmony to try, and and quite frankly, the way I would put it is, your solution has been taken away from you. Your solution was no work at home, only work at school. And that solution is no longer viable. Now a new solution, one that your son didn't bargain for, and then one that he was not a party to, has been thrust upon both of you. Um, Generally speaking, my guidance is this is not the time to push hard on the envelope. And to tell you the truth, under the current circumstances, this definitely wouldn't be the time to push hard on the current envelope. Uh, Stella's story and her son are great examples of how, um, and no one wants to emulate this necessarily because you don't want your son not working for a year, but this isn't gonna last a year. So we hope all of that has been helpful to you. No, that's very helpful. Can can I add something? 
before of before course. we move on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I just a couple of years ago at the Lives in the Balance Summit, I bought at the uh, book table a set of cards there. It's the self-compassion deck, and they were actually put together by Dr. Chris Willard, who will, all fingers crossed, uh, be one of the keynote speakers at the New England Children's Mental Health Conference in October. Yes? Am I right about that? Yes. Or did I Also that? sponsored by Lives in the Balance. <laughs> yes. And uh, I have been going through them and posting one of each of them on the B team for the past few days. And the one that I posted last night says, bring to mind someone who has enormous wells of compassion. Imagine them sending you love right now. Are they saying anything what is the expression on their face? Mm. And it's funny, I've been pulling them out at random and the uh, <laughs> karma is, is the right one because I found that yesterday I was feeling very out of sorts and mm. unfocused and all I wanted to do was be on my screen. <laughs> um, and I, I finally <laughs> found it in myself to let go of that expectation for myself and just recognize what I needed in that moment uh, for what it's worth. <laughs> and then this morning when I was thinking about doing this show today, I was thinking, you know, what would you say, Jennifer, to someone who was struggling with homeschooling right now? And my thought was, plan C the kid, plan B the school. Um, because if you start with plan being the kid before you have a clear expectation of, or a clear understanding of what you and the school can set as a real expectation, you're just going to stress both you and your kid out even more. So, uh, you know, let it find a way to let it go with your kid until you can plan B with the school. And he does that work at home is a solution. <laughs> and it may not be the right solution. So it's okay yeah. to plan C him until you have a better idea of what the real expectation is. And it's hard to let ourselves do that hear that person, you know, expressing that compassion to you and saying, this is hard. There's no, there's no book that tells us how to do this. There's no set of instructions that tells us how to deal with a massive shutdown of everything we're used to. Um, we're all learning as we go. And the only thing that we can do is approach it with empathy and compassion and kindness. So those are my thoughts. Mom, we hope that's been helpful to you. Yes, it is. Thank you. Just to hear it is helpful, just to reiterate <laughs> what I was thinking, you know, Good. these social, we wish you social the best. expectations. Thank you. That's right. And stay safe. Um, goodness. 
You know, I'm a fan of the author and columnist David Brooks. By the way, we do have another caller. We'll get to you at area code 217 in just a sec. And David Brooks wrote an article in the New York Times uh, recently, maybe yesterday, about uh, how we find meaning during these times. And my translation of that is, um, what is it that we want to transmit to our kids the most under these circumstances? Because to tell you the truth, there are some kids, not all, who've uh, led a fairly charmed existence until now. Um, things go smoothly. When there's a problem, somebody solves it for you. You know, how come we can't come up with a vaccine in a week for, for COVID-19, right? Um, aren't, we, aren't we that technologically advanced that we can, like, do this really quick? And so for a lot of kids and even some adults, um, uh, even though we had 9-11 not that long ago, um, which I have always referred to as my personal Pearl Harbor, um, you know, we, we uh, have been living in pretty charmed times. And now um, what lessons do we want to teach our kids? What's the what's the meaning of all of this and what should we take from it and um, how do we stay resilient through it and what's it going to take for us to see all of our ways through this, whether it's society as a whole or just our little part of society, our family, um, what do we most badly want to teach? What, what are the lessons of this? How are we going to get through this together? Um, and so um, I think those are things worth thinking about, um, not that they're more important than a particular school assignment, although they probably are, um, but these are, very, these are very unprecedented times, not unprecedented in human history. I, I just finished reading a book, um, uh, City of Thieves, which was about World War II in Russia. And um, as I'm reading it and thinking about our current circumstances, I'm thinking to myself, well, we've got no bombs dropping on top of us. We've got food, most of us. We've got shelter, most of us. Um, uh, no one's shooting at us. Uh, relatively speaking, uh, this is one, even though it's unpleasant and even though we may not have much experience in doing it, this is one we're going to be able to get through because it could always be worse. Now, it could always be worse is an interesting philosophy, but um, mm. people have lived through times that were way worse than this and learned something from it. What do we want our kids to learn from this? What, how do we help them be more resilient in the face of this? Um, just some thoughts. Shall we turn to another caller? We now have two people waiting. Let's turn to somebody who's been waiting very patiently. Area code 217, you are on the air, finally. Thanks for waiting. Hi. Um, so I'm also in the Chicago area, um, in the north suburbs. And before I ask my question, I wanted just to build on to the conversation with, I really, because we're facing a similar situation with the, as a 312 caller about refusal, work refusal with the e-learning. And I love the, the tip on plan B to school. And I wanted to share a conversation that I had with um, the school just on last Friday when I was at my point where I had to lower my expectations <laughs> and uh, plan C my child. And we started talking to them too about um, assignments like 
the iPad is distracting, right, or the computer is distraction. So instead of doing assignments on the computer, what are other ways that he can, my son can turn in assignments, whether it's worksheets, whether it's a Zoom, a video conference, where he can verbally give his answers, show his answers through play, like Play-Doh, Legos, drawings. So um, to be determined, right, if it works, we're still, we don't really start it until next week. But I just wanted to share, right, because we're all trying to help each other. And for me, after I had that conversation, it just really helped set the notch down and help me lower the, right, reset my expectations of, of my son and reset expectations of the schoolwork. So it just was a really productive conversation. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Good. Um, we, we appreciate you sharing. Yeah, so I, mm-hmm. just some more just to help. Um, but my question is around siblings, right? So I have a son and a daughter at home, and I think it's, you know, how do you – and I saw there was a similar face on the Facebook group. So if you could have expand more on how do you have that conversation with a sibling who tends to be more of that plan A, plan B sibling, and then you have the other – my other siblings who more is the plan B, plan C child so how do you have that conversation you know whether it's together individually um if you could expand on that kim you want to take that (laughs) sure do you mean as far as um that the expectations for each of the children are going to be are looking different well also uh, more so um like the first week or so we were home there was a a lot of um, negativity towards siblings towards family members some outbursts um, violent outbursts luckily those have kind of diminished a bit but um, just helping her understand that right like that there's other things sure right like that that, because I know and I can tell myself you know my son doesn't have you know the the you know the expect you know I don't that expectation of him able to regulate his moods he doesn't have that and that's okay right so we let him have his moment but my daughter doesn't understand that you know she's young, young right. so how can we have that sure well I think um, a couple things the first thing is and I think that if you there's some great articles floating out there about how to normalize for kids that they might have bigger feelings right now and not know why, or they might have trouble sleeping right now and not know why. Um, My four-year-old has, you know, he's been potty trained since before he was two and a half and we're having accidents, which we haven't had in forever. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm finding Mm -hmm. out from other parents that they're experiencing something similar. So normalizing uh, and part of like what Dr. Green was saying about we're, we're all in this together. We're going to get through it together. We got to normalize that each of us is going to need something a little different right now. Um, and that sort of brings me to my second point about, um, you know, if we did the same thing as parents for each of our kids, they wouldn't get, none of them would get what they need, which is a conversation I have a lot in my own house. So my daughter is nine um, and quite skilled uh, and my son is four and has uh, several skill deficits that play out loudly <laughs> and uh, annoyingly, right? And so, um, you know, she used to say before we had these conversations, 
you know, well, why does he get this? Or why doesn't he have to do that? Or why do I have to when he doesn't? And so we repeatedly have had the conversation of, if I did the same thing for both of you, neither one of you would be happy. Neither one of you would get what you need. And I give all kinds of examples, you know, like um, when you were a baby, you needed to sleep in our room every night for the first six months of your life. And your brother has never, not once, slept in our room. Not once, right? <laughs> uh, you know, beyond the initial, initial, initial period, right? And so, um, and by the way, he's banging on my door right now, so we could get into it. But we're going to nap, so we'll see what happens. Um, But, you know, and then there's lots of examples of that. Like, you know, you like this food, so I give you this food, but he doesn't, so he doesn't eat it. He, He likes peppers, you don't, so we don't give you peppers, right? And so there's all kinds of ways to sort of say, Everybody's getting, everybody's getting what they need. And, um, you know, it's, that means it's going to look different. And that's part of how we're going to each take care of each other during this time. So I'm actually going to mute myself for a second because now he's screaming. We so understand. I'll be right yeah. back. We oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back. Okay. Um, so what Kim was uh, basically talking about was the principle that fair does not mean equal. Good for the one child for noticing that things are different. That's a great thing to notice. Good for that child for wanting to understand why things are not exactly the same for everybody. All good. We just have to make sure that we explain that well. Um, and Kim just did a great job of explaining how we usually explain it. Um, uh, that's how it's done, um, but you want the, the little technical point that I heard here is you want to make sure that what you're working with your son on are very specific unsolved problems, um, not emotion regulation in general, very specific unsolved problems that are causing him to become emotionally dysregulated. Um, and each time he becomes emotionally dysregulated, that's a sign that he became emotionally dysregulated over something and that something is an unsolved problem. And now we've got to figure out what that was and embark on the task of solving it. Um, so yeah. not emotion regulation in general, specific unsolved problems that are causing him to become dysregulated. So for like an example could be like when he doesn't get his way, right? Could him not getting example. his way would not would not be specific enough. Oh, um, interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is he not getting his way on? Um, like having Give to turn one. off the video, like having to turn uh, off the video games, or not being, you know, not being able to play video games, not having as much time. He's now. Now you're so much closer to an unsolved problem. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. And it would be. <laughs> Right, and unsolved problems start with the word difficulty, and you just gave me some of the words. Difficulty, uh, I don't know what it would be, but difficulty is usually followed by a verb. So it might be turning off the screen time after 30 minutes, or difficulty turning off the screen time to go eat dinner, mm-hmm. or diffi- that those are specific unsolved problems. Um, uh, turning off the screen, not specific enough, not getting his way, not even close, 
and becoming <laughs> dysregulated when he doesn't get his way, that's the aftermath. Yeah, that's the signal. The signal. Yep. Yeah. The behavior is the signal. Otherwise, if you're doing the empathy step, the introduction and the empathy step is going to sound like this. I've noted, I've noticed that you become very dysregulated sometimes. What's up? No way. Yeah. <laughs> or it could sound like this, right? Or it could sound like this. If we get even, if we get a little bit more specific and not specific enough, just using your words, I've noticed you have difficulty when you don't get your way. What's up? Going nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. I've noticed you have difficulty turning off the screen closer, not quite there yet because we've got to be a little bit more specific, difficulty turning off the screen after 30 minutes, that's an unsolved problem. Yeah. Yep. We hope this has been helpful. But, But let me ask Stella and Jennifer if they want to add their two cents before we turn to our next caller. We have two waiting, but go ahead, Stella and Jennifer. I always have to get even more specific. Like I noticed that you have difficulty um, turning off the screen when you're playing Guitar Hero because um, there were certain certain on-screen activities that my son would be just fine with, and others that it was a no-way situation. So it's um, sometimes you have to go get even more specific. I noticed last night that you had difficulty with X, Y, Z. And um, for for our situation, um, the more specific I got with the unsolved problem, the more likely it was that my son would talk. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jennifer, a couple of years ago, a oh, couple years yep. ago, I heard Dr. Green say <laughs> at one of the summits, you know, you can unclump your problem as much as you can, uh, you know, so if you say I had a hard time, I noticed you had difficulty getting off the screen when the timer went off last night, then you're talking about one specific instance. And that way you're much more likely to get an answer. Um, These are words of wisdom, Dr. Green, that have stuck with me since then. You said you can always reclump later. Say, well, if once if you can get an answer from your kid about why that instance was hard for him, then you can always go back and say, is that the same reason it was hard for you to get off on Tuesday? And it might be a yes. And then you've got one unsolved problem but it might be a no, and then you put it aside and say, okay, well, we'll talk about, you know, whatever that problem was later. Let's finish talking about this. So the more specific you can get, the more likely you are to get good information. Mom, we wish you the best, and we hope you stay safe. Thank you. (laughs) You bet. And I'm back, just so you know. (laughs) Good. Let's turn our attention to our caller from area code 250. You are now on the air. What's on your mind today? Hello. Can you hear me? We can. Okay. Um, So I had a question um, around setting realistic expectations. My son is six, and we are currently on spring break now, and the school – 
So in class, there's no in-class instruction, and we're going to distant learning, and no one knows exactly what they're doing. We'll find out in the next couple <laughs> weeks. <laughs> so it's a bit, so everyone doesn't know what's happening. And I know that I, we're going to continue the learning at home. And right now at home, I keep a low-demand environment. I keep my expectations realistic so my son can meet them. And I am looking at how do I set expectations around schoolwork that he's going to be able to meet given his lagging skills, and am I able to have plan B discussions around setting expectations? I just don't know exactly what it would look like. Because I'm not sure. We don't do a lot of work at home, and I don't know what his capabilities are going to be given his lagging skills. Very interesting scenario. Um, we're, we're hearing this from a lot of parents today that, um, you know, um, you, you may not be as in touch as the folks at school are about what the expectations should be, what accommodations are being made, what adjustments are being made, how they're going about doing it. Very interesting uh, situation for parents to find themselves in. Um, well, I, I know I at school they... I know at school they give a lot of breaks, so he will do spend like a short amount of time at work, and then he'll go do something else, and then he'll come back and go do something else. And I'm just not sure um, how that'll look like at home. And yeah. <laughs> do you have any way to be in touch with the folks at school to get a clearer sense of what they've been doing and what they think reasonable expectations should be under the current circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Next, next week I should be able to talk to them. I guess I'm, I have my own concerns around my son already being behind in school and being able to, and him being okay with doing some work at home. So I guess there's a lot of uncertainty that I'm dealing with as well. <clears throat> Well, I think you're going to find out once you start having those expectations. Um, but I think it would be really good to make sure that the expectations you have are what we would call educated. Um, you, yeah. You've been, once again, as, as with some of our other callers, you've been thrust into the position of being an educator yeah. um, and, and carrying the ball forward when um, this is not something you've been in a position to do. And, of course, in times of duress, where do people head? Plan A. Um, I would not recommend that under these circumstances. I would recommend that you get in touch with the folks at school as quick as you can to find out what the expectations should be. Um, make sure they're reasonable. But I'm not sure you have any expectations until you talk to the folks at school and you're pretty sure you're crystal clear on what the expectations should be in the first place. Okay. Okay, thank you. Yes, it makes you sense. Bet. Now, don't, don't go away too quick. We may have other pearls oh. for you. We've got three <laughs> others on this call. I'm, I'm sort of hogging the answers today. Um, hold on. Let's see if anybody else has anything else to throw into the hopper here. No, I think that's absolutely just on the money there, and, and I think it was our first caller that, um, you know, the, the, the idea of plan being the school for the expectations. Um, I think once the school gives you what their expectations are, um, I think you put those through your lenses, your filter for your home situation. And then you have that plan B conversation at school. 
for which of these expectations are actually reasonable um, for your child and, and for your home situation. So that, that having that plan B conversation around setting expectations that you asked about, that's where that would come in, and it's with the school. Okay. Okay, thank you. I don't think I have anything else to add that hasn't already been said. <laughs> I'm going last on our next caller. Uh, Kim, any, anything else? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I'm good. All right. Thank you. It was uh, so great to talk to you all. <laughs> Thank we're, you. we're glad that you called in and stay safe. Thank you. You too. And now a caller from area code 913. Area code 913, you are on the air. What's on your mind today? Hi, yes. Um, I am in Kansas City, and I work with families um, through a small business of my own, helping them with the special education process. I'm a former special education teacher, and I have a family who has a student who um, is, has many diagnoses, but one of the things that he's struggling with, I've been listening to your previous callers, the parents was, let him kind of tunnel in to what is comforting to him right now until we get more information from the school, and then we'll see if we can set up some structure um, that is reasonable and fair for him and and is a a realistic expectation. What the family's experiencing though is he is not So prior to school being um, spring break happening and all of this um, continuous learning being a a topic, he was having a a roller coaster time since about December at school and at home. And so some med differences, some, uh, we weren't exactly, we had not yet pinpointed the exact route of this roller coaster he had started to go down. We were working through different options um, and working with the school to do like plan B type um, planning. And so he has been off kilter. And so I think because he's been so off kilter, his go-to, which has been screen, which is something that he usually can just totally immerse himself in has not been a calming thing for him during this time. He paces, uh, these little frogs that he wants to capture. (laughs) And um, his mom did take him to do that. But then after getting them, it became apparent that it was the act of going to get them that is calming to him, not having them. Uh, this particular situation is exasperated by the fact that the mom works um, is a supplier for the medical field, and she's working from home, which is incredibly busy right now at home with him there with her and another child. And the dad is in an essential work component still going to work as well. So I'm just thinking, like, what else can I give her? What other ideas can I give her to help her get through? He's very unsettled a lot of pacing. There's a lot of requesting over and over again, seeking these frogs. What can I do beyond to help her find a way to help him be more calm while she is truly in a very tough situation with um, her work being so busy? (laughs) Anyone want to take a stab at that one? Long pregnant pause. <laughs> no. 
Well, it's so it's so tricky when um, when you are striving to um, you're basically being the middleman in in trying to solve it, find a solution to a problem. And um, I remember feeling that way myself between what was going on at school and what's going on at home. I always felt like I was the middleman in the situation. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really excited to hear Dr. Green, what you have to say. on this. <laughs> so I give you permission <laughs> to speak first. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Kim, uh, Kim uh, Jennifer, any? Bella, you set me up. Um, so I, I, I'm sort of trying to process what you said, but I, just for a point of clarification, um, the seeking of the frogs is tough because mom is very trying to get her work done. Is that what I'm understanding? Yes. Yeah. So she's uh, busier than she's ever been, um, with Mm -hmm. her role, uh, being very directly tied to um, supporting hospitals through this. Mm-hmm. So her, her role mm-hmm. is to help get materials into hospitals. And so right. she's, she's totally inundated. We've, we've explored the idea of her, her parents coming, although health-wise that's tricky because they're, they're, you know, over 50. Um, but she did not feel that was going to um, really solve the problem because she felt like they – ultimately what down to is he needs someone to be able to pour some time into him. Um, I think that's actually what would calm him. Uh, but mm-hmm. there, it's very difficult to have somebody who can do that, who also understands him at a level. Because um, I think he was, I, I, the last I heard he was not doing this at home um, with the situation, but through that roller coaster time that we have been in, there was some, um, self-injurious things from like hitting the head and some of those kinds of things. And so he was, he was in a really tough place. And normally I would think that the let um, off of the gas of the demands of school and the social demands of school, because social demands are very hard for him as well, academic and social, um, that would decrease um, some of those situations because he, it, so lots of times it's linked to unrealistic demand for him. But in this situation, uh, he just he's he's still very unsettled. Even though the demand has dropped significantly with uh, social and school academic things, because he's not going, um, he's just still very unsettled. And so, I, I my gut is that it's time, like time of going and seeking the frogs is calming to him, not just because he's getting the frogs, but because it's a familiar environment, a familiar, familiar and rewarding routine, these things, and he would have his trusted, comforting people with him, his mom or his dad typically. And so maybe his being stuck on that is a seeking of comfort within that routine and that activity. However, it's not possible for them right now to constantly or to pour in that, to the level that he may need to be calm, to feel comfortable and calm mm-hmm. and return back to a balanced state. So um, I, I personally would love to go help them, but I, I can't um, because of the situation. And uh, we've explored some different ideas about seeing if they could hire someone in, but again, like the training of someone who really can understand him and um, not try not not come in and be a, a plan A person, you know, um, 
He does right. require a special touch. He has a hard time building rapport with people. Uh, even myself, I have lots of experience with lots of different kinds of kids and usually have no problem building rapport with kids. And it's work to build rapport with him. And it's, it is tough. It's slow. It takes a lot of time. And so um, I just wondered if, if there's something I haven't thought of <laughs> that you guys might have. Uh, we've talked about activities, but really he's not. He's interested in something new for about five seconds, you know, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, and he's done. So it's, it's like an unending game of supplying him something new that actually is mm-hmm. settling him or the home. It's how many times can I stand on my head and eat different ways, which really isn't a solution for anybody, and it's probably feeding a monster a bit in him. So um, I just wonder if there's anything you guys have thought of that I haven't thought of that I could help <laughs> um, mom with. <laughs> well, I, I think that – it's hard because you're looking for solutions and we can't offer you solutions not yeah. being in that discussion. Um, mm-hmm. Well, we could, but there's, <laughs> they, they most yeah. likely wouldn't work. Um, yeah. Yeah. Listening to you talk about this kid feels very familiar to me. Um, there are, have been times in, our family history where you could have been talking about our household. Uh, Mm -hmm. And when you have a kid who is prone to anxiety, Mm -hmm. I never understood what anxiety actually was until I became a mom to this particular child. Uh, I didn't Mm -hmm. realize how over how all-encompassing or how debilitating it can be. And mm-hmm. when you have a kid who is so, whose anxiety level can get so high mm-hmm. that they become so easily dysregulated that, mm-hmm. and, and all of their safety nets are suddenly gone. Mm-hmm. Everything that you're saying makes total sense to me. I, I completely understand why they're there. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it's such a tough place, such a tough yeah. place, because you know parents are being thrust into these impossible situations, and. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The only thing that I would say, like I said at the very beginning of the show today, Plan C has been our very best friend and Mm -hmm. that it builds trust and it builds strength in relationships. Tell them to Plan C everything they can. Okay. And just listen, you know, Empathy, empathy, empathy. I know this mm-hmm, is really, mm-hmm. really hard. Talk to us. You know, you're not in trouble. Talk to me about what's going on. Talk to me about why you're having such a hard time right now. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and if, if he can't give any information back, mm-hmm. you know, the... Um, my finger method is one of my very uh-huh. favorite things in the whole world. Uh, uh-huh. And 
especially when you have a kid who's just feeling so dysregulated that talking can be hard. I've, mm-hmm. I've often talked about how when we first started with CPS, that our conversations involved my son being in his bed with all of his blankets on top of him and then all of his stuffed animals on top of his blankets and one hand sticking out to be able to give me a response to my five-finger method questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, really I think that the – all that I can suggest would be Plan C empathy connection. Okay, okay. And, and that I have another thought. Plan. Okay. My only other thought is that what we don't have is context here. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what I'm missing is what this child is like most of the time. Mm-hmm. And what I'm, mm-hmm. I'm missing is whether anything is being done in the self-regulation department, and I'm thinking here primarily of medicine that he may or may not be on. Yes. Uh, if he is on medicine for self-regulation purposes, and because mm-hmm. of the current circumstances he's becoming dysregulated, then mm-hmm. um, another thing that I can think of to do is for um, mom or the parents to be in touch with the person who's doing the prescribing so that that person knows what their situation is um, and so mm-hmm. that the medication person may be able to make some potential adjustments. But all that hinges on whether that's what medicine has been being used for prior to the current circumstances um, yes. and whether the um, person doing the prescribing thinks that they may be able to be helpful here Beyond that, yes, it's going to be a lot of Plan C, but I'm hearing about a kid who sounds very dysregulated. What I can't tell mm-hmm. is if that's the status quo, whether that's been brought on or exacerbated by the current circumstances. Um, if, this, if, if, the kid, if the kid is on meds for self-regulation purposes, probably the first phone call I'd make is to the person doing the prescribing to make sure that that person is in the loop so that potential adjustments yes. can be made. So, yes, dysregulation is the norm, um, but we've, been, we've entered into difficult, dis, uh, a, more, a more escalated dysregulation since about Christmas. And then and the med conversation and adjustment has been ongoing since Christmas. Not, not that it's a yo-yo bouncing around, but it's, they've been in the conversation. Um, so I think that angle is, is moving the way you're suggesting it to. Um, Yes. So they, I, that is a part of his difficulty, and that is had been exasperated before we went to this COVID-19 ex- extra change. Yes. I think mm-hmm. um, we had Christmas break. We returned from Christmas break really tough. A uh, case manager, you name it, this kiddo has not had anything typical since about November. So he, uh, mm-hmm. poor guy, his case manager went on maternity leave, and then her baby had complications. So she was gone longer than usual. You know, they had a sub, a kiddo that struggles with subs, anyway, even just for a day in the general. Like, I mean, you name it. This family has had just, this guy's had a tough year. And so um, his normal, I don't know that he would even recognize because it's just been so many, one thing after another, um, with, since about December. 
So um, Got it. I do think you're right. The medication piece is part of it. And I think you're, I do think that I appreciate the story about um, plan C and the blankets and the stuffed animals. <laughs> I do think sharing that story in particular with the mom will help her feel like, Oh, it's like permission that it's okay if it's like that. <laughs> um, yes. I really do. And the reason I'm calling and not having her call, and I'm listening to webinar, I did pass her the link, is because um, she's she's completely swamped. <laughs> so I thought, well, I'll go and ask. And then I can say, <laughs> hey, um, this or this. And so I will share that story. I do think that will help yeah. her um, uh, feel like Plan C is the place to be. Um, yeah. I do think that will help. And I also want to say, sorry. I also want to say, it sounds like mom and dad are incredibly in the heat of the moment themselves, just with all yes. of the extra work. And, I mean, if this, if this regulation at this level has been going on anyhow, but since November, it's amped up. Mm-hmm. And all of the things that you've described um, with this school situation, mom and dad are overfilled with being in the heat yes. of the moment themselves. So just a reminder to the parents to find opportunities to plan C themselves as well as the kid. Yes. That's great. That's a great reminder. Yes, I will definitely remind them of that for themselves too. I get SOS calls ever so often um, (laughs) with kids in the background, you know, and I just try to listen um, and like you say, be empathetic. Um, And then sometimes I'll ask, can I chew on that question for a little bit? Because I don't have a ready answer. And then I'll, try and come back with something. So that story is really helpful <laughs> and then reminding them to take care of themselves as much as possible and help themselves too. Thank you. I appreciate that. We, it's I, great that the Stella mom has you I, there as block doing the blocking for her. We're trying. Stella and I got a, um, a message on Facebook from another B teamer who is very well skilled with plan B. Uh, and she said, for this caller, it sounds like this kid is feeding off the increased stress of his parents and seeking help to feel emotionally safe if they can proactively give him their calm energy that may help. So just passing that on as well. <laughs> Thank you. We do have another caller waiting from area code 413 but before we bring him or her on. Just want to give people the call-in number just in case. We've got about uh, 25 minutes left here if we go that long. It's 347-994-2981. Feel free to call in. Area code 413. Uh, Hold on. Don't start yet. You're on the air. What's up? Hi. This is Kathleen. How are you? Good. Just try not to use names. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. (laughs) Um, no, no worries. Have, we like to we like to keep things confidential here. Gotcha. So um, I have a, a question, and I'm listening to this whole thing, and I'm just wondering why is it that um, the father is not participated or not mentioned in this whole scenario of what the caller is talking about? Um, at least I didn't hear that part. Um, so I understand that his job is difficult, but. His the mother's job is very difficult too, and I'm wondering if the interaction of both parents or sharing that responsibility um, with the child wouldn't be a comfort and a great comfort at this time. 
<clears throat> you may be on to something. I think. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't think we were provided the information about father's role and where father's living or if father's living. We, we weren't, I don't think we were provided that information. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I thought what she had said was that he had a very demanding work as well, but maybe I'm just assuming. I, I had thought that she had said he worked from home um, as well, that they were both working from home. So obviously if he's working from <laughs> another location, that's not difficult or practical to do. Um, but um, And the other thing I was going to say is, I don't know, did she indicate how old the boy was? She did not. She did not. Okay. Because there was also, um, I'm a a family partner and uh, I work um, in um, mental health outreach and there's a lot of information that we research and get on a daily basis. And one of the things that that we do have um, that is very helpful for young children, especially is a virtual picture, picture book that is illustrated, which explains this virus. And um, it's designed to explain it um, at a sort of primitive level, but at a, as a, like in a really nice, comfortable way. <clears throat> so I wonder if the, those are kind of, if the parents are accessing those kind of materials as well. well uh, do you want to give us that website? <laughs> Um, it's, I, I could send it to you probably because it's from a clinician. So I have to see where it came from originally. I could put it in a Word it. document. We're, we're happy to make to people you. aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. Thank you. This is very beneficial. I'm really glad to be listening. We're glad that you are listening. Thank you so much. Bye-bye now. You bet. We do not have any more callers at this point. Um, and that doesn't mean we have to get off. Stella, uh, Jennifer, Kim, if you all have things that you want to comment on now that um, uh, we don't have a caller on the line based on what we've been hearing, I think it's fascinating. Um, The the fascinating scenario is that um, we have many parents who are now on the hook for doing what the school has done um, without necessarily having the information they need to do it. Um, I imagine just based on our sampling of calls here that there are many, many people who are finding themselves in these circumstances. By the way, we do now have another caller. This one is from area code 802. You are on the air. What's on your mind? Hi, Dr. Green. Um, I am just calling to express my profound gratitude um, for your work and what you're doing. And um, I'm a special ed teacher who's been doing um, collaborative problem solving for quite a while and a complete um, devotee to it. And also, like Kim, at home with a four-year-old and trying to do special ed um, work (laughs) remotely. And... um, I am finding that I am now living collaborative problem solving in in a way that, um, oh gosh, I'm going to cry, but it, um, it, it's, it's just the work that we all need to be doing right now with our kids. And, um, you know, I talk to kids on remotely, um, and I work with the ED population, um, and, just speaking to kids on the phone uh, 
and seeing them on video chat and seeing them trying to do their work and having siblings crawl all over them and hearing <laughs> background noises. Um, I just, all I'm doing now is plan B and circle of courage work. Um, and I think that in terms of the David Brooks's piece, um, I cried for an hour after I read it. Um, and I'm, I've created a Google form to just build capacity around helping parents and teams understand this paradigm. Um, so I guess I don't really have a question just because I've, uh, I just want to say thank you. We, I appreciate you saying thank you. Um, I'm glad you're a devotee, and I'm yeah. glad you're finding it to be helpful, and I'm glad that a lot of kids are benefiting from what you're doing with it. So that is fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Thank now, you now for your work. Now we need to get you to call it. We need to get you to call it collaborative and proactive solutions, which is the new name. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> I know. I know the backstory. So I'm so sorry, yeah. and I will do that going forward. <laughs> no, no worries at all. Stella, okay, thank uh, Jennifer, you. Kim, anything you want to say? Oh, I um, always look forward to the days that I got to call in and say thank you to Dr. Green and to Lives in the Balance. So I hear you from yeah. both sides, both as an educator yeah. and as a parent. So thank yeah. you. It's nice to hear. Okay, bye. Thank you for calling. And I'm all right. sort of being uh, – I'm I'm sort of being reminded of just, you know, Jennifer, your typical message of, you know, taking time to really, you got to fill yourself up, you know, like last week, I would say I probably wasn't doing very well, because I suddenly had zero free time, because whatever was downtime for me before was now spent making a schedule for the next day and printing some a couple of things off to practice letters and numbers for my four year old and making sure my nine year old had everything she had to do. And like when around my work schedule, and my husband's here, but he has to be full-time where I really don't have, and the whole thing, right? So no downtime, none. And I was suffering for it. And so, you know, making some changes to make sure that you give yourself downtime. Um, I know it's hard to find alone time now because we're all together, but if that's what yeah. feeds you and I know it feeds me, trying to find, like, <laughs> where could I be alone for even 15 minutes, right? Um, <laughs> yep. Because I need that, and I know I need that. Um, I'm scheduling like video chats with friends in the evening, you know, to mm. make sure that I laugh and, you know, and it's really been great and everybody wants to do it every couple of days. Let's do another one. Let's do another one. Right. And so just finding ways that you can feed yourself because otherwise you're not going to have the patience um, and that that's needed during these trying times. So, yes, agreed. Absolutely. Hey. Dr. Green. That's great. Yes. Do you do you have a few minutes to recap the chicken pot pie story? <laughs> if because, we have time, but know, we have another we have another caller at the moment from area code six oh three. So maybe maybe we have time. We'll okay. see. Area code six oh three, you are on the air. What's on your mind? Uh, I, I think I would like to hear the chicken pot pie story later. Um, we have. Um, Here's the key to the have, chicken pot pie story. It's much better if you make people wait for it. So go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Um, 
We have a, uh, we're parents of third graders and first graders, and we have been working with an outside behavioral specialist who we've been working um, with the collaborative approach, and it's been fantastic. Um, and at the risk of being repetitive, I'm just looking for some guidance for how we can remind ourselves what appropriate expectations are for us now. We have, um, you know, bright kids, and one of them has a lot of lagging skills in emotional resilience. And so uh, I find myself being frustrated a lot with, come on, you're old enough, you know how to do that, how come you're not doing that? And so uh, at the risk of being repetitive, just looking for some guidance how to tame my own expectations and therefore my frustration. Thank you. I think what you want to remember is that kids do well if they can. And that if the child who you're talking about can meet the expectation, the child will. And if the child isn't, something must be getting in the child's way. Your job is to figure out what's making it hard for the child to meet that expectation. Here's the algorithm I've been using lately. If a child is never meeting an expectation, probably out of reach. In fact, clearly out of reach. If a child is sometimes meeting an expectation, now it's time to do plan B. If it's completely out of reach, the child is never meeting it, that's plan C. That's an expectation not worth having right now because the child is communicating, I simply cannot meet that expectation. The rest is subjective. Um, that's, That's an algorithm for you. But the rest of it is subjective based on expectations the child has met up until now and what your feelings are about what's in range. And then the only other uh, consideration, and it's not a minor one, are our current circumstances. There are going to be kids who have been reliably meeting certain expectations, who either because of anxiety over the current situation or because the situation is completely different than what they're used to in terms of how they're being expected to learn, or because it's just too much togetherness, there's expectations that kids may have previously been meeting fairly reliably that they are meeting a lot less reliably now. Now it's the same algorithm, though. It's just that the current circumstances, uh, and this, you know what, this happens in life. Um, there are times when stressors or other factors make it difficult for us to meet expectations that we have historically been able to meet. Then it's time to sort of... Mm-hmm recollect ourselves, get, get, get that step back and say, what do we got going on here? Because my kid was usually meeting this expectation and now isn't reliably anyways. Now, the ultimate source of information on that is going to be your child. But right. um, that's the thing about expectations is that, um, uh, first of all, if they're never being met, they're out of reach. But secondly, especially now with, with our current unprecedented circumstances, there's going to be kids who've been meeting them but are now not meeting them. And that's something we've got to find out from the kid. That's plan B. Does that help? Yes. Thank you. That's what we aim for. I'm, not going, to, I'm, going, to, I'm going to move on to our next caller. Thank you for calling in. We've got another call. This one is from the Toronto area. I recognize the Area code, area code 416, you are on the air. Do I... Is that me? What's on your mind? Yeah. Hi, is that me? 
<laughs> if you are area code 416, you're the only person calling in from area code 416 <laughs> at the moment. Go ahead. Okay, I have two questions. One is quite simple. I missed the beginning of the call because I was dealing with kids. Is this being recorded so I can catch the beginning? It is being yes. recorded, and it will be posted on the Lives in the Balance website within minutes of the Wonderful. show being completed. <laughs> the other question I have is quite as simple. Um, so I am home with two special needs kids during um, this quarantine. Um, one of them is in a private school, and it's pretty well scheduled, and things are going pretty smoothly. The other is in a public school system that um, has really done virtually nothing to help us figure out how to get a, a schedule and program and that kind of thing. So um, I'm trying to lower expectations, but I'm also trying to make sure we have some structure to the day um, to help him self-regulate. Um, so what I'm trying to figure out is, you know, we create these schedules and uh, they aren't, they're, they're you know, we're, we're having, I'm trying to be flexible, but they're not getting done, which is fine. Um, and I'm also trying to make sure my son helps us collaborate in terms of what does he want to see on it? What does he want to learn about even? Like, you know, he had an interest in uh, early beings, uh, early civilization. So we did some reading on that. But in spite of that, I can't even get him to finish what should be, I would think, easy tasks. And I heard what you said about plan A and plan B just before. But I guess my question is, to what extent, you know, I, I don't want him to feel like this is uh, a vacation and he doesn't have to do meet any expectations. So what, to what extent do I, I kind of push and, you know, I'm trying to use rewards to say, okay, you'll finish these three math problems and the next one will be a preferred activity or an iPad break or something like that. But to what extent do I sort of say, okay, he doesn't have to meet any expectations and the fact that he did a terrible job on it, he still gets his reward or hold him to at least some level of accountability. He's 10, by the way, in grade five. <laughs> Judgment call. Judgment call. Um, not knowing your son, I don't know what expectations your son is able to meet right now. I do know that if you want to have, if you want to put an expectation on your son, you're going to need to know what it is. So job one is let's take a step back and say, um, number one, I don't want this to be um, a free ride. I would like, and, and by the way, if you decided that this was a free ride, because you decided, uh, to tell you the truth, I don't think academic expectations are going to make a great deal of sense right now. You would get no argument from us. If you decided that right now is a free ride, no argument, right? But if you decided, and you know what? Um, no one would fault you for that. Well, I guess suppose that there are people who would fault you for this, but nobody's on the phone with you right now. Um, <laughs> if you decided, if you decided, um, we, I, do, I would like to have some expectations. You've got to decide what they are. Um, it sounded to me like you were trying to collaborate over what you guys should do and what your child would like to do before you actually had a sense of what your expectations are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So job one is, what do, if, if it's not none, what do I want? What are the expectations I would like my son to be meeting in these trying times? Um, given the totality of the situation, given and the totality meaning not in school, now put on you. Uh, you may not know a whole lot about what they're doing at school. 
Um, he may not be accustomed to having to do this stuff at home. Uh, there's, there's much more to the totality of the situation than that, but those are some of the factors that you'd want to consider. Now, taking into account the totality of the situation, what are your expectations? And then once you have them, if your son has difficulty meeting them, you're either doing plan B or you're doing plan C. Okay. Uh, rewards are not going to be in the mix as far as this program is concerned because although it's great for your son to get to do something preferred after doing something that's hard, doing a preferred activity is not going to be a long-term solution to what's making that expectation hard for your child to meet. So um, you're not going to hear about rewards from us. We're not saying don't do it. We're just saying, number one, there's a good likelihood he's going to satiate on whatever the reward is, and then you're back at square one. And number two, Rewards, neither rewards nor punishments, solve any problems. They just give the kids the incentive to meet our expectations. So you won't get that from us. What you will get from us is let's have you decide, given the totality of the situation, taking into account your son, taking into account you. Um, These are stressful times for you too. Now, what are your expectations? If he's having trouble meeting them, you get to decide, am I going to do that one with C and just let it go for now because it's not a high priority, or am I going to do B and collaborate with my son on what's making it hard for my son to meet that particular expectation. Make sense? Yeah, thank you very much. You bet, <laughs> but let's hear from our others on this program because we have lots of wisdom on here. We don't want you to miss out <laughs> on any of it. Stella, Jennifer, Kim, any other pearls for our mom from Ontario? I just want to add that we have dropped all of our academic expectations in my house. Thankfully, we have a school that cooperates with that, but it's just too much right now. So we're not going there. And And it doesn't sound like you feel bad about that. (laughs) Not at all. <laughs> I don't You know what I've been saying lately? <laughs> what I've been saying lately is sometimes the definition of an authority figure sometimes an authority figure has the knowledge and the courage to drop expectations. Hmm. That's an authority figure too. Definitely. Stella, Kim? Yes. Thoughts? When you go into a plan B conversation with your son for expectations that you would like to hear from him about, don't forget about the five-finger method, which Jennifer was referring to earlier. And um, for my kid, the five-finger method was reduced to thumbs up for yes, thumbs down for no, and thumbs middle for "Mm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you mean by that. Sorry. Um. So when you ask your child a question in the plan B conversation, mm-hmm. if he has a hard time answering it, um, you said your son is 10, yes? Yeah. If he has a hard time articulating, um, we are, are you on the B team, by the way, on Facebook? The B team? Oh, okay. Uh, you got to no. join. <laughs> ah, are you on Facebook? <laughs> I'm on Facebook, yes, but I was sent this link through someone else, so I don't know what the B team is. Awesome. The B team is a group of parents worldwide. We're, what, uh, over 38,000 strong now, Kim? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And we um, have, um, there's Jennifer and I are parent moderators, Kim and Ed, Edmund on it, and we support each other in practicing and learning to utilize the collaborative and proactive solutions model um, in, in this private um, Facebook group called The B Team. So if you send a join request, and then once you're in the team, if you will search the five-finger method, mm -hmm. um, it's a technique to enhance the collaborative conversation with your child if they're having a hard time participating in it with you. Okay. Okay, and I will go in and um, bring the five-finger method post up to the top, too so that it's easy for people to find today. And Perfect. Sounds like I need to do some reading that. before that answer makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, check out the website, livesinthebalance.org. But also, uh, one of our certified providers has created some artwork to depict the five fingers, and it will be in the paperwork section on the Lives in the Balance website um, sometime today. Okay. We wish you the best there in Ontario, um, as we wish everybody the best. Thank you for calling in. Thank you. You bet. Now, we have uh, somehow managed to uh, stay busy during this entire <laughs> 90 minutes. Um, I want to thank you all for devoting 90 minutes of your time to uh, helping others, and um, hopefully people feel that we've been supportive during these trying times. The next podcast is on April 7th, I believe. Is that right, Kim? Yes, it is. And so that will be another opportunity for people to call in. That one won't be 90 minutes. But um, really appreciate you all doing what you do um, to help others. And thanks to everyone who called in. We certainly hope that this program has been helpful to people. And um, stay safe. Keep your fingers out of your eyes. Take care. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank, Thank you. Sarita. You bet.